Will Shrug ever stop reading South Park fan fiction? Those tabs are closed. Thank God. Welcome to the Super Nintendo Exploration Squad podcast, episode number 23. Is that right? No, fuck. It's episode 24. Well, fuck, now I have to look it up. Shit! Yeah, it's 24. <laughs> I'm leaving all this in. <laughs> A select button.net guide and podcast. Every week, we select three games at random, and you, the listener, get to vote on which one we play if you go to our Twitter. This time, you picked Hyperirea. Uh, which is an anime game. Thank you. We'll be discussing it using the five standardized metrics for scoring a video the video game, which of course are vanity, mystery, poetry, harmony, and gun. I'm your host, Virtual Clint. I'm your co-host, Courier Rice. And today we are joined by... The big anime fan, Shrug, number one fan of anime... In the universe, possibly. Who loves anime more than me? I can't think of anyone. Anime. It's me. I'm the one who loves anime. I'm Stavkoff. I don't know what anime is. Talpa. I, I've never watched an... What is... What, a, anime? Never heard of it. It's weird. All right. <laughs> They're cartoons from Korea, I think. I thought I don't know. I just absorbed them. I've explained this before. It's a sea creature. <laughs> See, yeah, because you because cartoons from Korea are just cartoons, but you spell it with a K. So it's yeah. pronounced Mario. <laughs> like you find them, you find clownfish in them all the time. Anyway, <laughs> um, uh, before we get officially started, I want to mention that we've got a Patreon page, and uh, Bachelor has given me the advice of, of push this always, so I'm pushing it now. We've got tiers for as low as a dollar, all the way up to like a hundred dollars. Uh, you can pledge for things like joining our private Discord, that's five dollars. You could dictate games for us to play. If you give us twenty-five dollars and you're the first one to do it, you'll get to pick a game for every third episode. What the hell? That's so great. You could even star on the podcast yourself if you're like a rich, rich person. Um, your patronage is going to help support server costs for hosting the site, for hosting the podcast, uh, better equipment so we don't all sound like shit. And eventually we uh, might actually be able to pay people for being on this podcast. That'd be nice. Uh, check it out. Patreon.com forward slash Snexploration. That's S-N Exploration. All right. Uh, enough shilling. Let's talk about Hyper Area. It was released on October 13th, 1995 in Japan only. You like how specific I am? Uh, it's a 2D scrolling, shooty slash platformy game. Uh, it's based on a, and I haven't watched any of it, based on a 1994 six episode sci-fi anime OVA, which was a prequel to a live action movie that was released in 1992. Something like that. Anyway, I didn't watch any of it. So to me, it's just a game. <laughs> and I told you to watch it. Yeah. And I didn't do it. <laughs> People tell me to do things and I, I refuse. Um, 
We played the English uh, fan translation, which was released in August of 2016. So we actually got to experience this in English, uh, unlike uh, anybody in the 90s or the 2000s. Um, it was developed by the prolific developer Tam Tam, who everybody knows. They developed my favorite PlayStation RPG uh, called Eternal Eyes. It's about puppets and it's terrible, um, but I fucking love it. Bubble might like to know that uh, Tam Tam also did a couple video game adaptations of Mahojin Guru Guru, which is an anime they like. Yeah, I do enjoy that Mahojin Guru Guru. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's about cute little kids doing magic. Oh, that's cool. I like it. That's what Eternal Eyes was about. It's about cute little kids throwing magical gems at puppets and turning them into Pokemon. Um. Anyway. And that's also what Hyper Area is about. It is. <laughs> Why didn't why didn't they call it Puppetmon? Because that's trademark Clint Emsley Enterprises. <laughs> you can't can't when do that. When is Puppetmon RPG coming out? Soon. Can I play Puppetmon? Soon, soon, soon. My I'm I, I bought RPG Maker ninety five, so very soon. Um The fun thing is that Puppetmon isn't actually about puppets, but it but in it the monsters you raise you do have to stick your hand up their butt. <laughs> Fuck. Okay. Um, Hi, Curry's mom. <laughs> Hi, Curry's oh, mom. Yeah, yeah we got that. Um, this game, Hyper Area, was also published by Ben Presto, who published basically fucking everything, but they also developed the Super Robot Wars series, uh, a series that I've heard a lot about and have not played any of. <sighs> anyway. I Don't. Don't. <laughs> it's bad. All right. <laughs> Um, I asked everybody to play an hour of Hyper Area, uh, but how long did you actually play? About how far did you get? I beat it in like three hours. I beat it in two hours. I beat it in two hours. I beat it in I have no sense of time. And then I played the first level again. Because I love anime so much. <laughs> I I beat it in an hour and a half, which for the first time makes me the Lord Gamer. Um, oh, congrats. Thank is you. This, is that the first time? Yeah, I think so. What, what difficulty were you playing on? I was playing on normal, but I had infinite continues. So uh, I think we like, yeah, I used infinite continues too. Steve Kopf kept insisting that we do that because... Oh, well, we'll get right. we'll get into it. We'll get into how the the checkpointing works on gun, but yeah, it it was a good idea. Yeah, that was a great idea. This game would have taken me four or five, six hours, and I would have hated it anyway. But yeah, we'll get into it. So, all right, we all finished the game. That's fucking fantastic. We all played and finished the game again. I think this is the what legitimately a first. Is it legitimately? <laughs> oh my god, amazing! No, we we did that for Wonder Kitchen too, didn't we? Oh um, well. I guess so. Wait, did someone not finish Wonder Kitchen? Hmm. That's not her area, so it it's, doesn't matter. It's a lot funnier if we all actually beat the game for the first time on the last episode of season one. This, which is, this last, is, by the way. This is the last episode of season one. Our next episode is going to be the first of the new year. We'll be, have been doing this podcast for a whole fucking year, which is amazing to me. Um, anyway. Let's talk about our first topic. 
by the way, if you expect any difference in quality, any increased quality in season two, you're going to be really disappointed. Yeah, no, we're we're just going to add a new villain and call it good. Um, so. The going to transform, though. That's cool. I'm going to step up my game and play a game. I've never played the game. I'm sorry. Shrugs the true impostor. Um, let's talk about our first topic, which is, of course, gun. And I think legitimately this game has the most guns out of any game that we've played. Like, it has a lot of guns. Um, but At least five. Yeah. And, like, grenades and bombs and uh, upgrades and all sorts shoes. of shit. Shoes. Nice shoes. Well, actually, they're fucking ugly shoes. But anyway. <laughs> uh, let, let's talk about guns. So, Hyper Area is kind of an interesting... Uh, I don't know. It's a mixture of platforming and uh, exploration and shooting and punching. Uh, it's it's a bit slow, but I think that works in its favor. Um, uh, yeah. So, what did we think about Gun? I'm a huge fan of how the blueprint wireframe representation for all of the handguns, all both of them, is clearly modeled on like a dime store cap gun. <laughs> That's the future. That's the future. Everything looks cheap and plastic. <laughs> yeah, Just it's like the highest life. quality special effects you can expect from. Well, what else can they afford? It is just a, a lowly sea creature, after all. Anime. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I guess to give a basic idea of, of what we're working with here. So uh, you play through five levels and each of them is pretty large i'd say they take about uh 15 to 30 minutes depending on how uh how much exploration you do and you're going through these levels and generally they're exploratory so kind of labyrinthian um and you're punching and shooting different monsters uh the monsters are, are highly varied we'll get into that and you have uh options of using guns you have options of using various items, including, like, grenades and little floating bombs and shit. Uh, and then you also can just punch and kick your way through things. Uh, it's kind of slow. It's a bit of a... a it, I wouldn't necessarily call it methodical, because you do have to react quickly. Uh, but there's you are kind of taking your time going through and, and making sure that you're approaching each monster uh, with the correct strategy. At least that's what I was doing. Maybe that's why I beat it so fast. I'm Lord Gamer. Um... <laughs> So, and, and between missions, you get money for how quickly you did it and how much you did. Uh, and then you can use that money to buy new guns, to buy more items, and to buy uh, different sort of items slash upgrades. Uh, and then you do the, uh, the next mission. And that's basically it. There's also side-scrolling shooting type things, you know, think uh, R-Type. Uh, th those aren't. I think those might be random. That was weird. Uh, but yeah, you get a couple of those as you play through. Um, and those are okay. That's a thing as well. And then you finish the game and that's it. I got well, the, the horizontal shoot 'em up bits. I, I noticed uh, no matter what order you did the levels in, they just progressively got a little bit harder, which is still not hard at all. I thought something that was interesting about the uh, shoot 'em up sections is that. 
based on watching my playthrough and watching some of Clint's playthrough, they appear to happen or not happen at all, depending on how you did in the previous stage, maybe. Because, like, Clint had them show up on a stage they didn't show up on for me, and vice versa. Yeah. Uh, I only got them on the last, before the last two stages. See, I think you get two, and it's randomly determined when you get them. But I think you always get two. I got four. Fuck! Because yeah, to, to me, because I got them in the last two two places, when you initially start the game, you get that side-scrolling in a fairly nicely animated little gyrocopter type thing. Um, vanity. <laughs> And I found out, hey, I can move. Am I going to shoot things? And then I didn't shoot things. And then I didn't shoot things. And then I didn't shoot things. And structurally, it created a kind of nice anticipation for when, oh, this is mechanically significant. And I am going to shoot things. But apparently, that was just chance. I I love the controls on those shoot 'em up stages because you never have to use anything besides shoot, but you have a whole bunch of controls. You can actually shoot behind you. You can uh, speed up a lot. Yeah, the controls on the shooting sections are weird because you've got two buttons that shoot forward, but one of them shoots forward and you stay at a normal speed and one of them shoots forward, but you also go at a fast speed. So, and, and when you hit the fast shoot, you continue going fast until you hit the slow shoot button. That's weird. You can also shoot behind you, but no enemies have ever appeared behind me. So that was totally pointless. And then the R and L buttons change your speed independent of whether or not you're shooting. It is far too many controls for what is essentially mash the shoot button until you get to the end of the section. <laughs> Maybe it matters if you play on like deadly extreme difficulty or whatever the highest difficulty was. Maybe. Area must die. <laughs> There's also when you're when you are on foot in the main body of the levels, your kicking and your punching aren't limited to just a simple kick and punch. You have a little bit of nuance, you have jumping kicks, you have like you're made you're if you just stand there and do a kick, you do this great big high front kick, you can do a crouching kick. And go for the chip damage, I guess. You can uh, do a go for a run and do a slide kick. And if you run and either and hit your, uh, it's either a gun button if you have a gun selected or a punch button if you don't have a, a gun selected, uh, you do a shoulder check even if you have a gun selected. So Wait, how do you do the actually, shoulder check? I, I actually you, never figured that out. You need to be running. <laughs> or you yeah, need you, to be moving in the air. You run and then use the shoot button and you'll hit with your shoulder. I don't know like, if you need to be unequipped or like out of bullets or if you can just... No, you can have a gun. Okay. Yeah, you can. And if you're moving horizontally in the air and you hit the shoot button, you uh, will also do the shoulder check, which screwed me up on a boss a couple of times. Because um, the one that drops the slime from the ceiling, um, I kept meaning to get at the high arc of my jump to shoot at them, and I would uh, 
instead do a shoulder check off into the space because that- I was moving horizontally trying to dodge some stuff. But yeah, there's some nuance to your melee options and actually kicking people is usually more effective than shooting them. And I did the entire first level, incidentally, because the I'm a bit thick and I couldn't figure out the menu at first and I wound up deselecting my gun uh, before the first level and I entered it unarmed and I did the entire first level uh, without a gun. Which is the most shrug thing I can think of. I was brawly area. How many times did you die? Oh, Nine million. <laughs> it was a bit of a... I was also dealing with some slowdown, and I had a hard time getting used to the jumps. So, and the- learning that, hey, you can skip your these enemies if you want. Um, so I kept trying to chip away awkwardly at enemies that I would have difficulty with. And dying and dying and dying. I died a lot on the boss who is somewhat of a pain to do without guns. So the second time I played the level, I was out of bullets by the time I got to the boss, and I kicked it to death pretty quickly. So perhaps, at last, in a video game, I managed to get God. <laughs> and you're valid. I yeah. did it. Politic uh, was anime. Regarding the champagne, it's some kind of bizarre Castlevania jump hybrid where you also have a double jump that allows you to change direction. No, it, it's not Castlevania, it's Ghosts and Ghouls, or uh, Ghouls and Ghosts, because your arc changes on the second jump. Oh yeah, that's what I meant. My my first thought was Castlevania because I didn't know you had a, a, a double jump for two levels. <laughs> The the an exclusive surprise for this episode that we've never had in any other episode is that I thought this game was complete bullshit. Yeah! <laughs> Finally, a game you don't like. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I thought... I wasn't sure if that, that would make Tulpa explode or if it would, like, be catharsis for Tulpa because, yeah, this is a first where I I played it and I was just kind of like, this ain't good. This is this sucks. But uh, like having played this, I still hold uh, that the Gegege no Kitaro game has is better and ah! was and was a worthwhile game because it's uh, Famicom trappings and the 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 way in which you perform a, a sort of dance with enemies and that like how you're forced to move around in, in order to beat enemies uh, ran, like made it memorable in my head. Whereas with this, all enemies were defeated in basically the same way. And all of the areas were just corridors and it was just kind of basically doing the same thing over and over for two hours. Wait, did you just never bother to get good at the game? Cause each enemy requires you to 
uh, to get good in a to get good way. Yeah. No, like I was no, I got good at it. Like I was comboing everything. Um, I learned like run in, do a slide, uh, kick the enemy again, and then shoot them in order to get down their life as fast as possible. With bosses, I like I was learning how to get up into the air and use the like the precise hitboxes of the kicks and the punches. And using bombs on like that one drippy boss for the part where it was low down, use the like the the mines would uh, get the life down the fastest. Like it just wasn't engaging to me. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I need to go to. I we need to talk about the ceiling boss because uh, I, that's the wall in the game. That to me was fucking weird. Because okay, there is an an item. You first of all, I thought this game ruled. I did not expect to like it. I generally don't like your sort of slower. Uh, platformers. I don't like platformers with huge life bars because you end up like just chugging through, like smashing the same thing over and over. I really enjoyed this game despite its terrible, awful level design. Okay. So that's, <laughs> that's, that's my stance on this one. The ceiling boss was fucking weird because there's an item that you can optionally buy that gives you a super jump. You can jump maybe twice or even three times as high as you normally can. I think it's like two and a half, honestly. Um, it's, it's, really important because I don't I couldn't have hit the ceiling boss without that because I had to jump up and kick it and jump up and kick it that part sucked Um, does it go if I hadn't brought the super jump I couldn't have used any of my items to hit it does is there a second phase that I never saw Uh, I brought the second jump to that but then I realized that at the peak of the first jump without the boots that your like kick can like reach the boss just fine either your kick or your punch so okay but but it's definitely like difficult to figure it out first it's like it's it's a tricky boss because you waste a lot of time trying to work with the the balls that the boss on one side shoots and all the little uh minions swarming you on the bottom and all the lag that they generate Oh, uh, see, the easiest way is to just ignore how much damage you take and jump right into the body of the uh, uh, boss that's uh, shooting things and just kick them from inside. That's the right way to fight most enemies is to jump in and kick them from the inside and ignore how much you're hurt. See, I tried that, but it kept on pushing me out. See, I thought the right way to fight the ball boss was to actually be good at dodging it. Nah, that takes too long. <laughs> yeah, I gotta I have... save the frames. <laughs> you just told me what, you didn't get good, and then you're like, I hid inside of it. <laughs> yeah, that's getting good. It's not like getting damaged matters. Uh, this is great. This is the opposite of what I'm used to. I love it. Tulpa has transcended the concerns of the flesh and cares only about inflicting damage to their enemies. Yeah, I took risks. Played uh, risky style. I wasn't a coward at any point. Speaking of... Of... uh, Samey corridors and fucked up level design, though. This game has a weird concession to that. In that you have a Navi. (laughs) Listen to Bob. You have a Bob. Just listen to Bob. And while you're going through all of these chunks of platforms that are connected by doorways and 
staircases that are really just more doorways that teleport you around. He'll say, go left, go right. He'll give you instructions as to how to navigate the level. And I wonder at what point in development that came up, if they just realized, hey, this is bullshit and we have this thing in the fiction that would be useful or what. Um, Bob was present in the cartoon, so they probably wanted to find a way to integrate Bob, and then this is what they came up with. Terrible level design and uh, Bob present. (laughs) I did, um, when I played the first level again, I did take a completely different route to the one that I took uh, the first time. So these weird labyrinths can be navigated in different ways. Yeah, I learned that on the uh, slime ceiling guy level. You, you you just go wherever. It's okay. Did anyone appreciate how on the last level he just stops being helpful? Well, if you suck enough, he actually starts being helpful. Yeah, I See, found that I got, out. I got stuck forever, and he never was helpful for me. He just kept yeah. repeating his lines. Blair. You have to die. Oh, I never did that. Yeah, I I want to. I'm interested in the difficulty uh, curve of this game because I found the first level to be the hardest because you can't buy any good weapons and so your pea shooter gun fucking sucks. And I died 15 times on the first level, maybe. And maybe that was just me learning how to play. I think if I went in now, I wouldn't die as much. But I died a lot on that first level. It's really hard. No, you're right. It's it's stupid hard. Um. I've played this game before, and the first level just always kicked my butt. I mean, I watched Clint go to the broken elevator on the left, and then when they were like, you must leave now that you've beaten the load-bearing boss, Clint was like, oh no, what will I do? And I'm like, the the elevator. The elevator. But in an emergency situation, you should never use an elevator. You should always use the stairs. Okay, you got me there. (laughs) I I, I didn't use an elevator. Yeah, I didn't use an elevator either. I didn't know there was an elevator. Mm. Yeah, it's the same there. <laughs> Curry owned this game. Curry fucked this game up. <laughs> well, no, hold on. I mean, I may be wrong. I may, the elevator might not be working. I may have just used the stairs. I have a terrible memory, so don't don't praise me too much here. Also, I, mi- I think I missed the super deep elevator the first time I played through the level. I worked my way down using some other methods, so I had no idea that that was there. Yeah, I ended up using the elevator on the way down. I died on the elevator because I tried to leave it, and then it went up and crushed me uh, against the ceiling, so that sucked. That was very amusing. (laughs) I laughed a lot, but it sucked. I I didn't even know that was possible. Holy shit. Yeah, it does normal damage, but I had very low health. Clint earlier said some like shrug for getting a weapon was very shrug, but Clint is the king of like inexplicable bad luck in these games. <laughs> I'm so bad at games. L- lest we forget the Earthbound episode. <laughs> the one where I spent 20 minutes fighting five slimes. <laughs> oh, fuck. I'm bad at games. Like I host a fucking Super Nintendo podcast and I that's this is probably the generation where I'm worst at games. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, the, 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 
the, I, I really think that the weakest point of this game is is the sort of labyrinthine levels with no map and the only concession to it. This game would be fucking horrible if it weren't for Bob telling you where to go. And Bob isn't always useful. Sometimes he'll say, go left. And you go left and there's like three different doors to go through. And you're like, Bob, what the fuck? Bob, tell me what door to go through. Bob is annoying. But- Just guess. It's okay. Yeah, I mean, that's what I finally figured out. Just guess. If I go through a door, generally Bob is going to tell me something, so that's good. Um, but, yeah. Just methodically explore every single room in the game and build up an internal map of each level. That's what I did. <laughs> There's a point on the last level where the way it progressed, it turns out, I was following his instructions, getting very confused. I went through a door. who and popped out on the other side, and he started giving me weird conflicting instructions. I went back through that door, and it did not return me to the place that I had come from in the first place. What? And that was how. It was some sort of weird, nonlinear door that existed in a space beyond my understanding. Maybe it was an anime door. <laughs> um, but yeah. That's how I ended up progressing in that level was I went through a door, popped back into that door, got teleported to a completely different section than the one that I originally came from, and then followed Bob's instructions from there. What a good game. That's fucking weird. Like, I I, I will admit that the level design in this game is poor at best. Like, the best level is the second one that I did, which was... Uh, pretty much like a cityscape. It was fairly open, and I had bought the glider upgrade at that point, so I just glided over. Glid? Glowed. I glided over. You glowed, yes. <laughs> I, gl- I glided over a bunch of uh, uh, stuff that I didn't need to see, and it felt good. Like I think that the strength of this game, and the only strength of the level design, is that everybody can have different experiences, and different playthroughs can give you different experiences as well. Um, I honestly think that this game was designed in a way to be played through multiple times and get different experiences, because you can't get enough money to buy all the guns. You can't get enough uh, money... Um, I'm going to stop you right there, because you can get enough money to buy all the guns, even if you're total. But I bought all the guns and the boots and the glider. That's actually... You know what? I probably could have. I just didn't want to. (laughs) Yeah, I bought everything, too. I didn't want to spend my money. (laughs) I'm very cheap. Saving up. Saving up for that new Bob. Bob 2.0. Yeah, fuck Bob. See, that that does remind me, though, that if the game was uh, meant to be as, like, sprawled out in its environments, that it was going to give you different experiences, I feel like they should probably emphasize that by not having a character tell you where you're supposed to go. And that's true. And also true. make those areas look different. You just ignore Bob. Just ignore Bob and explore the world. Yeah, explore all the identical hallways. Yeah, the 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 graphic. The, I mean, we're, that's vanity, but all the hallways look the same, and mechanically, that's very frustrating because I will go through a door and be like, "This looks the same as the last place." I'll go through another door. This looks the same as the last place. I don't know where the fuck I am. And checkpointing. Let's talk about that. Uh, when yeah, let's all agree that Metroid Two is a terrible game. See, <laughs> Metroid Two is one continuous world, though. Come on. This is, like, split up into five levels. Yeah, I'm just making a joke. Okay. I, I agree that the level design is very poor in this game. I, I just also never get lost in games, so. 
I don't know how jokes. I get lost fucking leaving my house and going three blocks away. I'm like, where am I? Help. I need an auto map. We don't usually tell jokes on here. <laughs> See, the level design is just Bob. It's like it's Bob's game or something. Uh, <laughs> wait, is this podcast an ARG? What's happening right now? It's it's possible. I don't know. I feel like ARGs might infiltrate this podcast. So I wouldn't know. Are you an agent of an ARG, Stavekoff? No, it was just a really bad joke that I wanted to do. That's exactly what an agent of an ARG would say. <laughs> and as an agent of an ARG, you're valid. <laughs> um, okay, but I I, uh, I want to talk about the enemies because Curry, you say no. All... You wanted to talk about checkpointing. Oh fuck! I want to talk about checkpointing. Right. <laughs> Thank you, Carrie. <laughs> Keep me on track. Uh, checkpointing. Interesting thing is that it sucks. No, it's good. Um, <laughs> no, it's bad. It's it both. doesn't exist. I mean, well, it hyper exists. There's no punishment it, for dying. I mean, if you uh, go with infinite continues, there's no punishment for dying, but that's your own fault. It's why would the <laughs> like, I feel like the devs were not paid enough because it's bomb press, though, and they're like, fucking here's five dollars make gundam game and they then so these people were like oh we made this really pretty we want to make this ah fuck it um so they were like we didn't make a very good checkpointing system let's just allow infinite continues as an option or maybe vice versa or something it's like you die to anywhere and you start right back at that exact segment even if you just like walked up some stairs yeah, no. always start at the exact segment. Sometimes I've started like three rooms away. Yeah, that was weird because that was inconsistent with the rest of the game. But like, if you die to a boss or just to at all, you get everything that you lost in that section back. And so, which is that, kind of how games should be. You also don't get uh, any items you picked up back. I mean, yeah, that's the thing is that it takes you back to the state of where you were before that segment. It's it's honestly like it seems like a prototype version of modern game design, frankly, because it's it's it has its problems. I like that it's forgiving. I like that if you went with five continues, you would basically get five free uses of these very generous checkpoints and then you'd have to start the whole level over again like that's kind of interesting you can go up to like nine continues or something um but the my problem going with infinite continues was that is specifically the third level i did which was the ceiling slime guy that one's very open-ended there's a lot of places to go but they all look the same so i would die and i'd go back to the last checkpoint and i would be like where the fuck am i it, it looks exactly the same as where i died and i don't know where i am in this uh, massive complex map um which is where i feel like an auto map or something similar to super metroid would have helped a lot obviously that's very like above probably like you said the budget of this game <laughs> um but yeah the checkpointing is a bit weird it, it it's close to what i want but not quite there well I, so to explain what you actually keep and what you lose uh when you die and return from a checkpoint uh any items you have picked up uh, before you died disappear off the map. You you just get reset oh, to an earlier I area. Just, I thought you meant like enemy drops, but 
No, no, items on the map too. That's interesting. And unfortunately, the enemies disappear too. So, like, oh, if yeah. you kill them, they don't respawn. Yeah, that's something to mention is that the enemies don't respawn at all once you've killed them, which is kind of interesting. It makes me feel like this is I'm I'm clearing out an area. It doesn't feel so uh, futile as many games do. <laughs> I, I I think maybe it's worth mentioning, even though we're past it, that when I fought the 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 ceiling boss, um, I did not have any bullets, so it was all uh, throwing bombs and uh, kicks. So, like, I never had to use bombs on the ceiling boss. I just kicked oh. everything. Well, no, I mean, like, I used bombs on the lower part of it because that just was faster than kicking it like allowed me to like get rid of the small guys and it allowed me to uh lower its life the fastest because it would take like three or four blips from its health at once but kicking the kicking the lower guys took health off the boss no throwing a bomb into the biggest part of the boss in the corner took away three to four blips at a time Oh yeah, sorry. I, I did that part completely differently, as mentioned before. So, yeah, I'm there just are, my experience. There are several bombs with several different explosion patterns, so you can really put your signature on blowing shit up if you want. I guess I don't know games. No, I don't want games. Deciding <laughs> bombs were the best. Agreed. There's actually a lot of like nuance you can put in how your your uh, floating bombs go out there, whether you're crouching or jumping or standing or whatever. There's all these little details about this game, which kind of make up for its stiffness to me. I'm glad other people appreciate it because I can't like not even acknowledge. Uh, the little interesting details, but I just felt nothing. I felt nothing. Make me feel something, please. <laughs> Hurt me more, Snake. <laughs> yeah, this, um, game, this game wasn't very uh, very uh, aimed at masochists, so it didn't have a lot of the... Uh, uh, it didn't have, like pointless cruelty towards the player it just uh it had flaws mainly in the level design but it was very open in how you played like all of us had completely different play styles from what i can tell and it still worked uh so the the thing i uh nearly keep forgetting to say is that i think my problem with the checkpointing is that it is that the option for infinite is an unfortunate necessity because as uh shrug mentioned the the controls are kind of stiff your movement is kind of stiff and i don't feel it's proportionate to the way the enemies move like for instance in castlevania where you have a very deliberate arc to your jump and you have to work that around how the enemies move and in this it felt more like any sort of movement i do is probably going to lead to me awkwardly bumping into an enemy that uh, positioning is kind of an afterthought of the enemy design. Like the enemies were there, but the enemies weren't really designed to uh, be proportionate to the player's uh, ability. I don't agree at all. Um, because when 
uh, I used Infinite Continues, but by the end, I felt like I could replay the game without Infinite Continues and be fine. Like I could, like I did the sewer level, the final stage, with no continues. Yeah, that's where I think this game does fall down a little bit, though. Honestly, is not really encouraging replays. Like, if if I'd spent sixty bucks on this game, I definitely would be replaying it at harder difficulties. But it's not inherent to the game itself. Like, there's no high score list. There's no best times list. There's there's just the game is over, um, and it feels very incomplete in that way. Like, I think that using infinite continues as a training mode and then going through with five or, or eight or whatever continues is, is maybe the best way of going about it. But I feel no need to play through it again. Um, at least inherently like the game itself is, is pretty cool and I liked it and I would play it again, but I, there's nothing motivating me to do that within the game itself. I also think this is a great opportunity to talk about the enemies, which I felt were fairly interesting. Um, I, I, We'll say, Curry, I feel like there's a little bit of uh, truth in that there's one specific enemy that I think is essentially impossible to defeat without taking a fair amount of damage. Um, but there's there's a lot of enemies in this game. I'd say there's like 12 or 15 different types of enemies, and they're all mixed in together. So you're going to be encountering like a lot of them in each level. It's not like you see the same three. You usually see like six or seven. Um, and they range from... Uh, like relatively small little rolling guys who will like pop up and stab you from a distance to big robots named Deal, um, who will shoot at you and walk slowly towards you. There's a variant of those that will fly and drop bombs on you. Um, they're really interesting. I liked the enemies in this game a lot. Um, they also looked great, but we'll talk about that later. Uh, but yeah, what did people, I guess, think of the, the enemies of in, in this game? Neil is the best. Uh, he should be the mascot for everything. Neil, Neil is a what? Green? Neil's green, right? I think Neil's the green one. Yeah. Yeah, Neil's a green one. Yeah, Neil's a green robot with what appears to be a giant nose and is a pain in the ass to kill. But is named Neil, and I I love that. Why is he? Why is it named Neil? Because <laughs> he's young. My favorite one was. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that just like you could feel it cooking. I'm sorry, Tulpa. I had to interrupt you because I liked that yeah, joke sorry, so Tulpa. much. <laughs> uh, no worries. Uh, my f- my favorite of the enemies was Burb. I don't remember anything about Burb. I just liked saying Burb. Oh yeah, Burb. I don't even remember which one Burb was. I like the little rolling ball guys because when they unfold themselves, they look like little headless chickens that grew teeth in their bodies and giant blades at the ends of their wings. Those guys always kicked my ass. Like, Yeah, same. Really? I have never taken a single bit of damage from those guys. My problem was that they would roll up to the doors that would open and close, and then they would hit me through them. Ooh. Yeah, I fucking hated those guys. My problem was I'd always try and kick them to save ammo, and then you know, I'd take a hit. Yeah, there's... It, well, at least that's a loss that it feels like is designed into the game. Uh, now, it is meant to be part that, of the strategy. Now that all of us have beat the game and are unlikely to replay it, I do want to say that you could just uh, crouch, uh, kick them, 
without taking any damage because it bounces them far enough away that they can't hit you. Oh, see, I don't know. Maybe I'm just impatient. You know what I was doing? I was doing the dash kick, and then they would hit me because I was too close to them. So the crouch kick is probably the way to go. Um, Yeah, I think I found dash kick the slide useful exactly once in my whole playthrough. When was it useful? Um, for finishing off the big robot dudes, like the Neils and his blue cousin. Yeah, they're slow enough that you can get away with it. The the slow, like, there's a, a very clear scale of damage, and the, the, the slide kicks and the low kicks do very little damage, and the big kicks do a lot of damage, probably more than any gun, except maybe the three-shot machine gun, um, assuming you hit with all three shots. The crash kicks... The crouch kits actually do a sizable amount of damage if you're facing a stationary a- enemy like the cannons, because you uh, hit. Yeah, that just blocks. rips those apart. You can do double hits with those. Slide kicks really handy for the ceiling boss again, because you can clear out a whole row of those little slimy bothers. That is true. Oh, yeah, I blocked that out of my mind. <laughs> that is clearly the worst boss. Like it's very irritating. <laughs> I uh, thought it was fine. I didn't like it. I did I, like that's the one. I mean, the bosses in this game were sort of interesting. I felt like they all had different strategies and different feels to them. Like the last boss, um, I don't know a good way to describe it. It felt a bit like a fighting game. Um, you you had to you know kind of kick and dodge and, and try and get out of the way of the attack. Sometimes you could stun him or push him back and then predict what he was going to do. Um, but it wasn't as predictable as some of the other bosses. And then there was the green guy. I can't remember his name uh, that that would shoot and stab. I don't really fucking remember. Anyway, I liked the bosses in this game, except for the ceiling boss. <laughs> Maybe I thought the ceiling boss was fine because that's another one I cleared without having to uh, continue. Ceiling boss had me stuck for the longest of anything, maybe, aside from getting lost in the last level. And after us talking about it, I feel like it's probably the most interesting because if I were to go back, I would understand that the slide kick helps clear out the little things and it's and then the, there's the the bombs that go upward, et cetera, et cetera. That there's enough intended strategy there. Like when I was having trouble with it, it felt like I was using tools that were not intended for it, but got the job done. Whereas uh, now I'm getting the impression that there are things specifically designed for it that would have been much more interesting. I think that maybe the flow of this game would be better with less continues because you would lose a level, but you would be able to go back and equip yourself with weapons that were more suitable for the job. Um, I, I think that that's kind of I ended up being lucky in being in having stuff that was generally suitable for what I needed. Uh, but it would be more interesting to lose and fail and then come back more ready for this situation, not just with your own knowledge, but mechanically with the different weapons that you can purchase and equip. I think the best way to fix, uh, like, okay, so give this game to like human or people who may, who make like Prince of Persia types and stuff like that. And then I think you've got something with, cause like I 
played through feeling like, oh, I wish era area was a bit more agile because it doesn't seem to match up with stuff. But if you want to reinforce the idea of her being a bit sluggish in comparison to say Zerum or the, the quick aliens and stuff like that, then having a bit more uh, like nuance into how she moves around would be like fascinating in itself like holding onto ledges and slowly pulling yourself up, having to, you know, like a cinematic platformer. I feel like that would really behoove uh, something like this because area in its original context, uh, the Zerum movies, which it turns out there's a second one. I'm really excited to watch it. Um, There's so much horror in it. So, well, this is an adaptation, adaptation of the anime and not the movies and, and the, the, and the anime has a uh, completely different the anime's first episode was hella like horror though like it had mm-hmm. crazy shit going on I mean it had body horror in it but like it, it's straight up an action cartoon so was the movie except the movie had like three action scenes over the entire course of 90 minutes. But they were really good action scenes over the course of 90 minutes. Yeah, you could have still cut out about 60 minutes of that movie. I guess all I'm basically saying is, when are we going to play a human game? Aren't all games human games? (laughs) Lol. You fit right in. This is great. (laughs) Um, shit, I wanted to talk about something else mechanically. Oh, the thing that, that, that you you mentioned it having more nuanced movement. I think I, I agree. That would be great. This, this game, I feel like more of a bounty hunter in this game than I do any Metroid game. And I think that that is... Whoa, nuclear take. Yeah, I know. And I, I love, I'm not saying that because I think Metroid is bad or something. I think the Metroid games are for the most part, pretty great. Uh, but I don't feel like a bounty hunter. I feel like some Indiana Jones-type character. Yeah, you know, this game rewards you with cash. In Metroid, there is no, like, there's no bounty. When will Nintendo be brave enough to just call Samus a genocidist? <laughs> a genocider. Sure. Just, just a space criminal. Play famous space criminal and a alien genocider, Samus Aran, as she rids the galaxy of yet another race of peaceful creatures. But yeah, it's. Metroids did nothing wrong. <laughs> I definitely think it is true that uh, this is a game uh, where you actually feel like uh, a bounty hunter because you're rewarded with money and you are rewarded for using your equipment in appropriate situations. Like, for instance, uh, fighting Zerum the final time, I I used uh, those uh, traps, uh, the trap bombs, the ones that just stick to the floor until an enemy passes over it, uh, because Zerum had a very predictable walking pattern uh, in that stage. And... Uh, I was able to get the final boss in a loop that way. You even get money for defeating Zerum the last time, even though you can't do anything with it. Yeah, Yeah, I traded that as a kind of high score at the end. 
Yeah, I, yeah, that's, that's what I was thinking. Same here. I was like, I wish this was recorded somewhere. Like it would. I mean, it would be counter. I to wish the game. I could show them online. <laughs> yeah, I took a screenshot, but it's black because I was streaming, and apparently, you can't take screenshots in RetroArch when you're streaming. Thanks. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think uh, what we're learning from this episode is that Clint desperately wants this game to have achievements. Possibly every game to have achievements. I like achievements. I know that that's counter to... That's it. I'm quitting the podcast. <laughs> I remember playing... Um... Oh, God. That does remind me that there is a special service called Retro Achievements brought to you by Blue Apron. <laughs> and No, um, but, there, but Retro Achievements are a thing that I am absolutely terrified to even go near in, like, because I'm afraid that it is uh, quicksand and I will be trapped forever. Yeah, like I, I, I saw I actually tried to get that set up in RetroArch and thank God RetroArch is a busted ass piece of shit that doesn't work because it never worked. Um, I finally killed my one billion to Metroid. <laughs> They're all dead. They're all dead. I did it. I have a medallion to prove it. <laughs> Look at my medallion online for genocide. Um, <laughs> Welcome to the Snake Exploration adaptation of Starship Troopers. <laughs> Fuck. Okay, uh, what else do we have to say about Gun? Anything? The rocket launcher was really good, even though I only used it against Aram. The rocket launcher I thought was only okay. I liked the three-shot machine gun better. It did more damage. It, the rocket launcher was useless against uh, that one uh, robot boss that you fought, but was useful against everything else, especially Zerum. I just basically saved my bazooka for the last fight with Zerum and then just unloaded it on him, and it got probably half the job done, which, good, fine. I also really dig how uh, all the weapons are weird sci-fi-looking things, except for the pistols that have their blueprint drawing clearly modeled on a cap gun, except for the basic rifle, which is just an AK. Clearly, they just tried to draw an AK in pixels. The people's rifle will live forever and ever. Uh, I gotta clarify something. I got the bombs confused. I thought the trap bomb was a sliding bomb for some reason, but no, I used the trap bomb because that was the best one. Oh, see, I like the sliding bomb just for its mobility. Like, because they're what four bombs there's a regular bomb which is just you throw it and it explodes on contact there's a trap bomb which you throw and it will explode on contact with an enemy or will wait on the ground for about five seconds before exploding so that was pretty useful there's a sliding bomb which will you throw it like a grenade but once it hits the ground it continues sliding um that's oh and then there's also the flying bomb which goes up which i never used yeah, there's a flying bomb which goes up, and there's also the string clearing bomb, which I don't think anyone ever used. Oh, yeah. I used it a few times, and incidentally, it's completely useless against bosses because it takes like two points off. Like the game is laughing at you, which I guess I can appreciate. Maybe Curry can appreciate that. Curry. <laughs> I do kind of appreciate that it's like laughing at you for using the the, the cheat. 
<laughs> there, there's also I forgot. There's another bomb. There's one that's I think like the contact bomb, but instead of just having a single explosion, it has like a column of fire that I I didn't use it, but I assume the column lasts for a few seconds to do additional damage. I'm not sure. I wish I had used it because it I did get the feeling like this thing probably fucks. It probably hits multiple times. Oh, it just uh, covers. There's also the multi-bomb, the one that explodes into smaller bombs. Ah, uh, yes. There's a lot of uh, equipment, and we barely used any of it, apparently, in all of our playthroughs. Yeah. They didn't really give yeah. you a lot of reason to use it, because, like I said, enemies are generally pretty handleable, I don't know words, with like the same stuff. That's fair. I do think that there are optimal ways to handle each enemy, and like this feels like a speedrunner's game. And again, I feel like a bounty hunter. It's like I don't care about killing them. I care about killing the most of them quickly. Like <laughs> that's that's my goal is to bring yeah, the equipment. Yeah, you want to get at least a C rank instead of being stuck at E rank forever. Yeah, exactly. Um, is an E rank? I don't want to talk about it. I was E rank the whole time. I, I was D rank and C rank the entire time, honestly, even though I've cleared the final stage without any continues. Same here. I actually got one B, but I don't know why. The ranking is confusing. <laughs> From what I saw, based on the time you cleared one as B, is because you just kind of like ran through the level really quickly. See, I thought that that was supposed to be like exploratory, like well, you, you killed the most to, stuff. Yeah, you also have to genocide the Xeromoids. But but that's the thing is that like Clint just kind of ran through the level. Oh, uh, yeah. Very I guess confusing. That, I guess that just tells you the rank uh, of how fast you went. Well, there you go. Maybe if you're really good and are fast and kill everything, that's how you get those mysterious A and whatever might be beyond it. S rank for speed genocide. S yeah. rank for fucking incredible. Yeah, exactly. Which I think is probably where all of the weird equipment comes more into play. Uh, if you just uh, spend most of your money on disposable items and actually use them, which is so antithetical to how I play games because I neurotically refuse to use anything expendable. <laughs> yeah, me too. That's just, unfortunately, the reality of all video games. No one's going to use something like the more important something seems the more the less likely it's going to be used yeah but like as you can see in my screenshot i saved up like 60 bombs and i never bought them i no no, no i i had the same um the, same. the enemies were like in one of the earliest levels enemies were just dropping them left and right and especially if you get into the uh the shoot 'em up levels like the enemies tend to drop those yeah so you just build them up really easily so the thing uh, I found at the end was uh, that that was when I finally felt comfortable using up all my ammunition and uh, bombs and stuff. I think that's gun. I think we've gunned it. Oh. All right. We're going to move on to our next topic because we're an hour in. We've talked mostly about gun, which makes sense for this gun, gun, gun heavy game. Um, a lot of gun in this gun game gun. Um <laughs> But let's talk about. Wait a minute. Do these people make Gundam games? Gundam. Yes. Gu Gundam. Yes. Yes. They well, do. the developers don't. Uh, but yeah. The no. Publishers no. do. Yeah. Uh, also, I find it just crazy that 
we very nearly played a game with no gun for this episode, Smash TV. That game has no guns at all. Yeah, that would have been weird. <laughs> That's a purely intellectual exercise. Um, let's talk about our next topic, which is, as always, vanity. I love saying vanity. It all builds up to us to our level. God, it does. Yeah, why? Why did they choose to put a sewer level at the end? At least this game has a very long zero to sewer level rating. Yeah, I mean, it fits in with the setting. And it's a sewer level in which your navigation system is busted. There's a great moment, though, because Bob, in one of his lucid moments, a lucid moment of recognizing his an Aristotelian moment of recognizing his non-lucidity um, says this is not in the data. He starts going on about how his map is off even when he's working sometimes he doesn't help because he doesn't know uh, his map is his internal map is apparently on off, excuse me um, and at one point as he's talking about this he says there shouldn't be a place like this while you're fighting through the ultimate sewer level. I like that is a meta commentary on sewer levels. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so a thing that I uh, wanted to mention in Vanity is that, as we mentioned before, this is translated by Dynamic Designs. I uh, believe they re- they got in trouble earlier this year for it. like someone pointed out that they like to squeeze a lot of anti-liberal jokes into their uh, very liberally different uh, translations. I think uh, Gideon Z pointed out that their translations tend to be even when done straight, pretty inaccurate. And just as a little thing. Uh, I found the Bob directions to be a little confusing at times because, like, I'd run into an area, into a, a corridor, and he'd say, oh, go straight up ahead. And I'm like, wait, go straight or go up? Go down up ahead. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, what did you just <laughs> don't... It was, like, just vague enough. Like, you might, Bob might as well have been saying, all right, left is right here. Yeah. <laughs> He definitely literally said, go down up ahead or something. Yeah, it was go down up ahead, which was and very that's, confusing. That's just that's just translation because that's a uniquely English issue there. Like, not unique in that other languages don't have it, but that's very clearly uh, a mistake of the, 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 the translation because they could have made that clearer. It's definitely not meant to be like, oh, what the fuck is the navigation system saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that that's, uh, like you say, it's hard to blame any of this on the original developers because the it's a fan translation. It's a notorious, somewhat notorious within a specific community uh, translator that doesn't do the right thing. They don't get it correct, and they also insert their own garbage into it. So They, yeah. they seem like they were very inspired by working designs just as a... <laughs> just as uh, a matter of translation style. Yeah, definitely. They definitely take a lot of influence from that, just based on 
their name alone, I think. I think it's a reference. Working designs, uh, dynamic designs. For those few people that listen to this podcast who are not familiar with working designs because it's 2018 and who cares about a company from 20 years ago that uh, butchered games uh, for a living, uh, that's basically what they did. They would uh, make terrible uh, translations and then also alter the difficulty of every game that they translated. Altering the difficulty is just kind of inexcusable. But the the weird uh, localization choices they made is something that I bounce back and forth between being like, yeah, this was probably a bad move. And also being like, this is just old enough that I find it charming and the datedness is weird and interesting. I don't oh, think man. any fantasy RPG should have South Park references. <laughs> <laughs> bon air. Uh, dang, you might not want to be part of my game then. <laughs> I <laughs> shit. I, I remember. Sorry, I can rework it. Yeah, you gotta get you gotta get Kenny and Man Bear Pig out of there. South Park, so random. Wait, I thought Man Bear Pig was a Tarantino thing. Uh, that's that's a South Park thing. No, no, no. Man Bear Pig is in uh, is in Pulp Fiction. Samuel L. Jackson plays Man Bear Pig. It's in a dual Wait. role. Oh, wait, I'm thinking of Bear Jew. That's the thing from Tarantino's thing. Oh, well, I was making a fun joke, but, you know, you had to intrude upon it with your reality. (laughs) Please reject my reality. I don't like it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we reject the reality where both South Park and Quentin Tarantino exist. Thanks. Okay. Someone else made Kill Bill, and that's it. The end. Um, Fuck. Shit. That was me. You did it. Safecoff made Kill Bill. That's a good movie. Why? Did you, why did you put Uma Thurman in danger like like that? Is that what Curry was going to say too? Yeah, you know why not? Uh, because uh, Quentin Tarantino did that part. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Wait, I, I which did the long take of Uma Thurman's feet? That's what I was gonna say, you motherfucker. <laughs> That okay. you know that was QT. You know that was him. What a why QT. did you keep? Why did you keep letting him on the set? He gave me a sandwich. Fuck. <laughs> I mean, it's a little fair. Yeah, sandwiches are nice. Shit, I'm hungry. Um, <laughs> fuck. You went and got a snack before this. You knew what you were getting into. You know what snack is code for, though? A glass of scotch. <laughs> Thanos, uh, you've established that Thanos is a snack. <laughs> that's it. That's Thanos a select... is a tall glass of scotch. <laughs> that's a select button dot, dot com dot net reference. If you, if you want to get more of that shrug snacking, select button dot net. Fuck. Okay. Vanity. Vanity. Um. Yeah. Uh, the sprite work in this game is very, very nice. But also, this game has so many fucking lag issues that it's near unplayable at times if there's, like, more than three things on screen. Yeah, it's 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 a mixed it's bag. It's real crunky. And, and the level design mixed with the fact that the tile sets for the levels are pretty poor. I mean, they're not... They look, they, they look good for sewers, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. It's like, they're pretty, but it's like, these are boring environments... Like, if you're going to make the the graphics this sharp, you might as well make them interesting places. 
Yeah, exactly. But they, no, they, one or the other. Especially because the source material, uh, at least Area Zaram, had really, really good setting design, and it was completely wasted in this game. This game looks a lot more like the movie because of the lack of good setting design. Yeah, the movie has like no color. It's unfortunate. But the anime didn't it have like fucking like mushroom trees or some shit in the, at and, least in the intro. It had, like, mushroom trees and cities built out of mushrooms that were connected by uh, fucking uh, ropes. Oh, in this game, in the flying segments, you can see the giant mushrooms, but then when you actually get to a town, it's just fucking the Alamo over and over. (laughs) Yeah, it is, isn't it? (laughs) It's an Old West ghost town filled with monsters. Um, the monsters are very gross. I'm dumping a bunch of uh, backgrounds from the uh, anime in the chat so that uh, every, all the listeners at home can see uh, how good it is. <laughs> They're gorgeous. It's very unfortunate. They're wonderful. Yeah. Like, I, I usually when you see these big mushroom things, it's not also combined with a snowy environment. I mean, that's a stroke of brilliance. This, like, cityscape with the big gong on the building. It's not a gong, but it looks good. Uh, it's it's a gorgeous looking gorgeous looking backgrounds and, and it's a shame that none of that really translated to the actual levels themselves. It's a real fucking shame, is what it is. There's a weirdo with a flesh skirt who's used as a, as a mini boss, and it has a big tongue arm that it whips you with. You mean Zerum? And you're Zerum. No, I That's think he means the positive. Zerum spawns. Yeah. Like Dougie or whatever his name was. Fred. Fred Doug, the monster. Doug E. Doug. Mark Cannon. E. Mark. Um, yeah, the enemy sprites yeah, in this are uh, great, though. Every boss monster in this game has a uh, legal history of hate crimes. <laughs> so it's good that you're murdering them. Well, yeah. It's all justified. Also, they're different. Yeah, every boss is completely different. They they resemble exactly zero of the enemies. Like they're beautiful. They're they're wonderful. They're no, gross. no. I, I meant like they're different. Therefore, you should kill them. Oh, okay. Well, that's also nope. That's not true. I can't even say well, that. If we were to get into the area Zeram lore, all of the uh, enemies are Zeram's uh, genetic clone children that Zeram made by eating people's faces off and. Uh, uh, shooting seeds out of his body and the dog once why are we going after this guy then he seems pretty all right yeah seems like an aspirational figure because you get paid yeah exactly. oh right shit yeah that's the that's that's a good point i yeah. forgot i was in america give me that filthy lucre i'll kill anyone <laughs> um you, my fa- okay I have two favorite enemies. Uh, one of them is called... Oh, hold on. Let me look at my two notes. Uh, Shag. Shag is a hopping testicle with faces all over it. And uh, when you uh, get near to it, it shoots out four tiny tongues and hits you, and it's gross. And when you kick it enough, it fucking explodes. Just... just Oh, it's so satisfying. And then the other one, I can't remember the name of, but they're they're green... And they have like metal arms or something, but they run around and they die in one hit. Uh, Zolo. Zolo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you kick them 
in the face, and again, they explode and turn into like this weird fetusy version of themselves and then disappear. Oh, it's so satisfying. Like, I just every time I kicked one of those, I, I just a little rush of endorphin of like, I am destroying this weird jello monster. <laughs> it's fantastic. We gun have a ball, might as well pick a testicle. <laughs> I like the uh, recolor Shagmore, uh, Spilda or whatever, with the bright pink and yellow. I just thought that was more aesthetically pleasing. Oh, the Spytra. Yeah, that one. Yeah, that one was cool, too. Like, I, I didn't like that one as much because it moved more and therefore was harder to kick. But <laughs> I did. I did. Yeah, that was nice. There's not too many recolors, so I would say I think I noticed three. Um, the two enemies I talked about had recolors, and then Neil, who I kept calling Dylan, that's what it was. Uh, Dylan had a recolor as a blue robot whose name was like Zoink or some shit. Or something. Zoil. Zoil. Yeah, anyway. I, li- I really liked... The, 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 the animations were pretty good, but really the animations for killing them were the best. Like, they just, they had all sorts of interesting death animations, and it was nice. I gotta say the worst ones for me were the um, the flying dudes with the spikes on their heads, not the ones that drop bombs with the the other guys. I hated those. Oh yeah, I hated those. The evil lols. Evil lols. Yeah, those were the enemies that I felt like were most antithetical to your ability to move because they're not entirely unpredictable, but they change altitudes very quickly. And uh, not in like a sine wave pattern like some of the other enemies do. Those are predictable enough to kick. These ones were really hard to hit with your somewhat limited ability to move. But they also looked like shit. <laughs> Evil lulls are what emerge from my mouth opening when I am exposed to the twisted humor of South Park. Ha 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 ha. Uh, Welcome to the South uh, Park podcast where we discuss uh, everything South Park. Oh my god, they killed Kenny. South Park! They did it again. How they does did she it. keep coming back? Nobody knows. It's That's because Kenny is Zayram. <laughs> uh, let's not talk about South Park. Um, yeah, that, that was terrible of me. I'm sorry. I'm going to quit the podcast in shame now. That's nah, okay. I continued it. Shrug started it, but I really leaned into that. I'm sorry. Um, God, that fucking show sucks, though. If you watch South Park, you suck. I'm sorry. If you watched Past Tense South Park, that's fine. But if you still watch it today, it's unforgivable. And then half of our wrong. audience quit. Huh? I said you are not wrong. <laughs> um... <laughs> But, okay, what else? What else we got for Vanity? Uh, the side-scrolling shooting sections were pretty cool. You usually had, like, a good background. And then you had this cool gyrocopter thing that had what appeared to be sort of an umbrella that flew you. And that you, when you went fast, so you could go slow, which was sort of like sitting in a gyrocopter. But when you went fast, you would lean and, like, do a Superman pose. That was fantastic. I loved that. You could Superman that pose. <laughs> Soldier Boy references are only okay. <laughs> Soldier Boy and South Park in one podcast. Why did I even listen to anything else? <laughs> yeah, this is getting real 2008 over here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. We're outdated. Um, 
Fuck, that was 10 uh, years ago. Let's go back to talking about this 90s game. <laughs> Look, that's called nostalgia, not old. <laughs> uh, what else, Vanity? I don't, I don't really have anything else to say. The music was uh, good, apparently. Oh, no. yeah. You no. were like in the in your stream, you were saying something like, is this reggae? Yeah, there were two songs that had that that reggae like emphasis on the second beat or whatever it is that makes things reggae It's definitely reggae. And that's valid. No, Syncopation. Syncopation. Yeah, that one. The intro song to this is fantastic. And editor Clint, save it for this moment. Play the intro song now. Also, play just play random bits of the anime soundtrack because it's much better than the game soundtrack. That's going to be way harder to get a hold of, though. No, it's not, actually, because it was a very popular soundtrack. If you send it to me, Tulpa, I'll do it. Otherwise, I'm not even Googling it. Send it to me, too, Tulpa. <laughs> okay, I will. Gun sounds have kind of a nice pop to them for an SNES game. Yeah, the sound effects didn't do anything for me. I can't really remember any of the sound effects. I felt nothing. <laughs> the first episode where Curry feels nothing. Curry faces the nihilistic void at the center of the Super Nintendo. Truly, this is the cliffhanger on which to end the season of one. <laughs> Curry feels nothing. What's going to happen on next season of Snexploration? Will and Curry ever love a Super Nintendo again? Will Curry have a feeling when exposed to the twisted humor of South Park? Will, <laughs> Will Curry's mom eventually star on the podcast? Like, I am, like, reduced to a matter of just a gray blob because I don't feel anything anymore and my mom replaces me on here. <laughs> Hi, Curry's mom. Hi, Curry's mom, a.k.a. co-host. The entire episode is just people saying Hi, Curry's mom robotically for two hours. We'll get listeners to to uh, send us waves of them saying Hi, Curry's mom, and we'll just play that for two hours. We have that many That's listeners. That's terrifying. <laughs> I stole the idea, but, you know, I'm not going to say from no, who. That level that you mentioned, liking especially, uh, Clint, uh, the, that open uh, layout uh, city la level, Yeah, I think that one is aesthetically the best of them because also it has at least a little bit of variety. You uh, have short, open outside areas, and then you go up some buildings, uh for an inside area, it has a little bit of variety that's completely absent in the rest of the levels. Yeah, I'd say aesthetically, that's the best looking level itself, um, which isn't saying much. They, they mostly are just sewers, sewers and factories and underground complexes made of concrete. I, I, I don't know who made that decision because they spent liked, a lot of time making those. I, I liked level uh, four, I think. It's the last the ones that you can choose and you're like infiltrating a uh, tall structure that seems to go crisscross back and forth in its layout 
and uh, there's no going indoors, which is nice. Um, and you can see the background continues to climb upward as you go throughout it, which is uh, a nice change of pace. You get to see the fucking sky. Yeah, I actually, I actually think that might have been one of the first levels they made just because it lacks a lot of the features of the other levels and plays a lot more like a Metroidvania than uh, any of the others. It's possible. What were you going to say? I wish they'd stopped there. <laughs> <laughs> what were you going to say, Stavkov? I was just going to say that was my favorite level. And uh, it was definitely the easiest one, because uh, yeah. all, all I did was stay in the first like block, climb all the way to the top, go all the way to the right, and then just climb down and go all the way to the left. I didn't do any of that crisscrossing stuff. I thought that level was all right. It, it does look... You know what? You're right. I do think aesthetically it's more pleasing than the open level. Um, it seems that as you're going up it, uh, you're allowed to just kind of do whatever you want, but on your way back down, they close off area, the doors and stuff and try to uh, shoehorn you into one specific route, which is more... It seems more interesting because I like the idea of having a big sprawling area like that to explore, but when it comes to leaving, uh, that I am a lot more restricted and a lot more uh, like under the enemy's control. See, like that's not how cool it actually was, but like it has the potential. It's like the first level of Perfect Dark. The end. <laughs> I was gonna say, what's a, what's an N sixty four? Uh, it's like a Super Nintendo, but you stack 64 of them on top of each other and tape them together, and then you put Sonic uh, 3 and Knuckles in the top one, and then you get to play Mario 64. It's like an it's like a Super Nintendo, except uh, the Mario Kart game is bad. <laughs> Boom! Yeah, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't actually well, think that. You, you aren't wrong. Hey! No, actually, I don't know. <laughs> Mario Kart's generally not great, even though I play it a lot. Um. All right. I think we're good. Let's talk about mystery. I did not see the anime. I did not see the movies. Um. So in my mind, there's a lot of mystery. But more than anything, uh, Iria and Bob get a lot of uh, dialogue. And Tolpa and Curry, you experience this, but in my head, Bob is like Hal, very like, go to the left. Except there's a lot of exclamation points in the dialogue, so it doesn't work, so I just it pretended that they weren't there. And Iria has like a Brooklyn accent, which, oh god, I have to figure out how to do it again because it takes me like an hour to work up to it. <laughs> but that's, that's how it was. Please don't, don't apply more of my fetishes to this character, please. <laughs> Bab! <laughs> Where am I going, Bab? <laughs> Fuck See, it. like, I I already have a thing for Yuko Moriyama in the Zera movie because she eventually is just boiled down to a wife beater and suspenders with a giant gun. And I'm like, God, this was made for me. <laughs> but, um, but like, give having her being played by fucking uh, my cousin Vinny, Marissa Tomei, would destroy my pants. <laughs> well... Mysteries of Curry's pants. Hello, uh, mom. Hello. Oh god, I forgot my mom listens for a second. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh now she god. knows what to get you for Christmas. All right, uh, we're talking about the uh, mystery, though. 
Um, what mysteries did we have in this game, I, I guess? <laughs> well, so the Zayram franchise as a whole uh, is wrapped up in mystery because they just never bother to explain anything. And when they do explain things, they contradict other things that have been explained before. Perfect. So, there's no explanation of what Zayram is. There's no... I mean, there's an explanation of what Bob is, but it contradicts the movies. Yeah, all I know about, like... I think, like, the main thing that's just established about Zayram that remains consistent is Zayram is an immortal, as Wiki says here, an immortal alien creature with a strangely shaped head, which resembles a wide-brimmed hat. And a tiny, tiny uh, uh, face that looks like a no mask. And shoots out of the hat like a monster penis. <laughs> and eats people's faces. <laughs> and sometimes a dog. If, if uh, I believe Wiggy suggested that in, in Zerum 2, which I haven't seen yet, uh, that it seems like maybe it's implied that Zerum was originally some sort of small feminine form. Because, like... Ah, fuck, I don't know. But Zerum has a titty at one point in the, in the first movie. <laughs> Zerum has a titty. That's the new closing line for uh, for season two. That's actually yeah. the, that's the name of uh, the first movie. It's Zerum, and then uh, what they didn't release was <laughs> Colon has a titty. <laughs> My colon <laughs> has a titty. Okay. Do we have anything to say about Mr. <laughs> Other than well, Zerum has a titty. I, 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 I thought that that actually covered it. That there's uh, that the entire uh, franchise is just mysterious and inexplicable. Well, there we at, go. At one point, Uria asks, "But will I be a match for Zeram? Thus posing a mystery." And then she solves it by being a match for Zayram. Here's that. Which, by the way, the mystery is how did they make such an underwhelming final boss fight? It's not great. Um, <laughs> I like I I watched uh, I watched Clint's stream before playing the game, and uh, when Clint cleared the final stage, I I literally said, "Is that it?" Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hey, like, I, I spaced out for most of the anime because, like, the second and third episode were not following up on how cool I thought the first episode was. But I did see at least the final uh, confrontation in the last episode. And, like, weren't they, like, fighting on, like, the fucking moon or something? Yeah, they got teleported to, uh, it wasn't the moon. It was, like, some stardust crater in space. It was just an asteroid. That, uh, this is fucking awesome. Yeah. Why isn't that in the game? Maybe this is on an asteroid. It's just the sewers of an asteroid. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Fuck, I'm going to have to put that into a D&D game. God damn it. <laughs> <sighs> Shit. Um... <laughs> Yeah, no, the uh, the final boss sucked, but there is a mystery there because there's two phases. You, you're supposed to, if you've been paying attention, lure Zayram to a teleporter 
but then the teleporter isn't working and then you kill Zaram, right? Okay. But the first phase is you running away. However, you don't have to run away. You can actually hit Zayram, and it does damage. Uh, he's practically impossible to kill because you can't stun him. His moves are more powerful. You will die. But a good player could probably beat Zayram without running to the teleporter. So the mystery is what happens if you do that. I would be very curious to see if anything changes if you beat Zayram sort of prematurely versus what you, you end up normally doing which is is running to the right and uh and and fighting the easier version of zayram so there's a mystery and we'll never find out because i don't care maybe you get a satisfying ending maybe there's an extra level there's not spoilers there's not beating the boss very fast well actually i was gonna say sure would be punishment if the game gives you more game for beating it good and then i was like that makes no fucking sense shut up Oh, uh, here's a mystery. Who is Beert? <laughs> I was going to save that for poetry, but yes, one of the programmers is simply named Beert, B-E-A-R-T. Okay. That's clearly pronounced Bart, and it's just like Bart. <laughs> Beert. Beert. Look at my Beert. It is so bushy. By the way, did y'all notice how uh, in the credits uh, about, like, four-fifths of the staff were on debugging. Oh, yeah, it was mostly debugging. I think that's a uh, programming sobriquet for Umberto Eco. He moonlight... In addition to all of his other shit, he moonlighted as a programmer for Japanese Super Nintendo games. That makes sense. That explains the deep medievalist themes of this game. (laughs) He was a real polymath. See, I, I feel like it's just a bear, and they misspelled it. They brought a bear in to do a little bit of programming, and then they accidentally added the T. Or they're trying to disguise that they brought a bear, because the real secret is that bears are the best programmers. Literal bears. Big, big, hibernating bears. That lines up with my experience of playing Game Dev Story on my phone in 2009. <laughs> bear Okay, any other mysteries? Uh, Oh, uh, go on. What if you played the game in a language you didn't understand? That would be a big mystery. You wouldn't know what Bob was saying. The whole game would be a mystery. I already don't know what Bob is saying because his directions are bad. (laughs) When he says off the head, just keep going the same direction you're going. It's not smart. Actually, I think it might be a little bit easier to play it in Japanese because uh, the kanji for uh, up and down look like up and down. So Yeah, they're practically arrows. Yeah. Still, You'd be able to follow along with the directions that Bob gives. Still, what I hear you saying is it'd be better to play in Japanese if you knew Japanese. So no, no, like <laughs> I, we mean the character. No, well, I know whatever. I'm being a dick. <laughs> uh, okay, fine. Uh, okay, so a bit of mystery here. It's not quite mystery, but it was revelation, and that I was surprised to discover that one. There's the Zerum two movie, and uh, which I went ahead and downloaded. I mean, legitimately bought. Um, and I'll be playing that sometime soon, so everyone can watch that. But the other thing I discovered is that this has a fucking fighting game. Oh, yeah, it's on the PSX, isn't it? 
Yeah, on the PlayStation, it's called Zerum Zone, and it has I've area, play that. It has area and Zerum in it, as you might imagine. Um, like Wiki words it confusingly because it says that area and Zerum are featured in the fighting game Zerum Zone, and I'm like, that sounds like more than featuring, but okay. So I'm pretty curious about that. Also, if you look up the box art for it, it is very pretty. Actually, I'll post it in the in the thing right now, in Discord right now, where the listeners can see it. Excellent. <laughs> and if you're and if you want to see all of our sweet, sweet Discord, you can donate to our Patreon for five dollars a month. Hi Bachelor, I'm pushing this. <laughs> oh man, that is nice box art. It's too bad none of our listeners can see it except for people donating to our Patreon. It's a real shame that unless you give us $5 a month that you won't be able to see this because it is gorgeous and I will explain it no further. <laughs> no, it looks good. Google. It's really sad that if you don't give us money, you will be trapped in a hell of twisted South Park humor for the rest of your life <laughs> with no recourse. Pay me. I have the keys to Google and you're not allowed to use it until then. You're is going illustrator? to be locked in a cell. Forced to watch South Park forever. And if you ever get killed, you'll come back for the next episode. If you try to search for the box art of Zerum Zone, you will only get South Park fan art. It's a real problem. Oh, Erotic South-, South Park fan art. Nope, I was really glad you didn't say that the first time, and then here we are, and I can't forget that. I'm I don't know Google what South Park fan art now. I don't know what erotic means. I'm sorry. Don't don't hurt yourself like that, Shard. Please, we need you. (laughs) South Park Rule 34. No. No. We're going to move on. (laughs) Actually, we're going to move on relatedly to our salary, salary, salary man corner. God, I should have. I wish I liked monster trucks more. I should have done that. Um, our salary man corner today is called Patchy Slot, Patchy Slot, Love Story, which, uh, you know, very related to our Rule 34 friend over here, Shrug. Um, it seems... I wish Sakarina was here. Every time I wish Sakarina was here, because it's... I, I want the translation of the opening cutscene of this game. Yes. Wait, where? That's it. Uh, Tulpa's just gonna no, say, I, I watched it. No, I said I want a translation. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I, something I forgot that I was gonna say um, was that the intro to Patsy Slot Love Story is better than all of the areas, the hyper area game that we played. God I damn it! Someone, it I want exists. Someone, I, I want saw to tell some me. of it. I saw some of it. <laughs> yeah. We've lost truck. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm fine. Um, all over now. <laughs> I just want someone to translate that intro so that I can understand what's going on between Pierre and Catrice as those turtles are named. Actually, the I would like pain to know. and loss that those turtles felt when the girl turtle is kidnapped by some teenage boy. No, that's clearly a kappa. 
that's clearly a, a, a cap because it's got the flat head and the like sort of, you know, shitty tonsure looking thing. That's definitely a kappa. No, that's a turtle. No, that no, the shadow. God damn it. No, that's a that's a child. There's yeah, no that's way. a teen child. You yeah, play as the teen child when you start the game. Who stole the turtles? Yes. And that would be a great twist if in the beginning it's like you just fucking picked up a turtle, you asshole. I didn't even see the turtles. I think I hit some buttons or something. Yeah, there's a whole intro where there's two turtles and they're obviously in love and then one gets stolen. And then you play slot machines. What's the point? Okay, did anyone actually get a single coin back? Because I, like, went to the first machine, lost everything, and then was stuck for the rest of anything. So... Yeah, I got I experienced the worst thing. I got one coin back and then I lost it. I got look at I'm posting a screenshot in the pirates, pirates, pirates machine. I got fifteen medals back. I was that, rich as hell at the end of this game. Oh also, this game fucking cheats. I actually checked to make sure it cheated by going through frame by frame and pressing uh pressing the stop button right when uh, uh, a thing sort of rolled uh, to a stop so that I would get three sevens. It never did. It was horrible. It would always stop right before or right after, no matter what frame I press the button on. So this game clearly is cheating you out of your money. Yeah, this game, I, I played it quite a bit. Well, I played 10 minutes, and I, I did a lot of saving and loading of states. And I found that there... You'll, it's weird. It clearly seems to decide what's going to happen to you at least after you stop the second reel. Um, and it's usually one of like three options, which is kind of interesting. So there's some skill. But I got I got th- two sevens in a row diagonally. And then I wanted to get the third seven, which was the same color, which I think would have given a bigger jackpot. And I tried maybe s- seriously 50 times. And it would only give me the blue seven, which gives a lesser jackpot, I think, uh, no matter where I pressed it. But I could also fuck it up and not get anything. So it cheats. It's leading you to a certain way. But in my experience, it was leading me towards winning. I got a jackpot and then it went into like a bonus mode. And every time I played it, all I could get was more jackpots. So that was weird, too. It's a weird, weird thing. But it's just a slot machine. slot is horrible. Never play Patchy Slot. Patchy Slot is for chain-smoking babies who have nothing to live for. Yeah. What if you want to get your turtle back? You're the th- you're the turtle thief in the first place. I swear to you, that's a kappa. It's clearly a turtle. <laughs> no, <laughs> not what the turtles. What if you looked up South Park Rule Thirty Four no. and you have nothing left no. to live for? No, don't even it's mention this anymore. What the fuck? Your life is over. Your life is over. I'm going to ban you, Sean. All left is Patchy Slot. Am I back? Oh, hey. Yeah, Patchy you're back. Did you? Did we... <laughs> Discord just, like, crashed on me. Oh, it looked like you never left. That's really creepy. Yeah, it is. Shit. Okay, so there you go. It's a game about turtles. Also discouraging because it makes it look like when I'm here and when I'm not here, it's the same. I was wondering so... why you're so quiet. <laughs> South Park Patchy Slot? No! <laughs> Shrug. Stop, Shrug. I need you to look Stop. up... Look up something wholesome. Cats. Look up cat pictures. Cleanse your mind. 
And as a listener, cleanse your mind as well because we're going back. We're going back. Remember, hyper area, anime, guns and stuff. Uh, and we're going to move on to our next section, which is poetry. I didn't take any fucking notes. I streamed this game. I didn't take any notes at all, and all my screenshots busted, so I don't have fucking anything for this, which is a real bummer. Oh, I forgot. For poetry, I was just gonna talk about the movies and the anime, but we already did that. And moving on to our final... <laughs> no, hold on. You I know? do have one piece of poetry, and it's that the Zerum uh, Wikipedia page says, For the Nephite spy in the Book of Mormon... See Zerum Book of Mormon. What? <laughs> you know, there's at one point when you're in a sewer and your computer, your Bob, says right around when they're saying there shouldn't be a place like this. It says, is the data corrupted at one point, just out of nowhere, which seems like it can be interpreted in a lot of ways. You're playing a game which is composed of data. Is it questioning the reality of the space that you inhabit entire? Or is it just wondering, hey, is my fucking map fucked up? What happened to my map? But... If it's a computer, then isn't data all it is? Is well, are we witnessing it? a moment in which it is questioning its own identity because it can't be a GPS properly for something? Something. Uh... Bob was a person once, but Bob is a computer oh my now. God. Bob was so... your brother's dead uh, dead partner. Wow. I do want to say a GPS that can't tell directions would definitely have like an existential crisis. <laughs> so now, once it was alive, now it lives only as ones and zeros. Don't don't ignore that. Serving anime you. Canon anime is not canon. Not canon. Now the movies are non-canon. No, so, none of it's real because it's anime. Anime. So... When it questions if the data is corrupted, it's really questioning its sense of self. It is. I can't imagine anything more terrifying than finding a corrupted sector of, of, of my hard drive, my personal hard drive, because you don't know what was there. You don't know. All memories are corrupted sectors of your hard drive. Right. But, and, yes. but can you imagine knowing that? That's the terrifying thing. Being able to look and see... <laughs> This is corrupted. This is wrong. That's scary. I know I have to defrag this. And when I do, what will be left of me? Nothing but a miserable pile of ones and zeros. <laughs> I wonder if maybe he's saying that people who put sewer levels in their games are corrupt. <laughs> You're paid off by big sewer. <laughs> big sewer <laughs> paid off by the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. 
I almost made a, a Ninja Turtles joke on the stream. by Big Plumbing. Big Plumbing. <laughs> the plumbers, the corrupt plumbers unions. We're not union busters hey, hey. here. You know who we can blame for sewer levels in games? Is it Mario? Miyamoto. Yeah, you both hit that. Okay, good. I was going to say Half-Life, but you know. It's a bit too late. No, the <laughs> Mario Brothers were the first sewer level. I mean, that is true. So I guess you're a Sega fan, huh? Sega does what Nintendo don't. I'm quitting this podcast. (laughs) For more Topa hot takes. (laughs) Crossing universes. (laughs) For more Topa hot takes, donate $150 to the Patreon. You'll get hot takes directly to your inbox. Um... Yeah. So what I, I will email anyone personally and rant about video games if they give me $150. Yeah, I'm adding that as a new tier, just the Tulpa tier. You don't get anything else. You just get the Tulpa tier. <laughs> um, poetry, poetry. There was a lot of dialogue in this game, surprisingly. Like, they talk back and forth quite a bit. Most of it's directions, though, so not very interesting. Yeah, it was just like instrumental dialogue it wasn't interesting at all uh i do have one bit of poetry it's the only line of dialogue i screen captain liked area is flying through the desert i don't know what the dialogue before or after it was but area says just what (laughs) that's i was actually i think gonna allude to that because it feels like that whole conversation they're just going back and forth going what 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 like some of like there was definitely at least one conversation in which i had no idea what they were talking about and i'm not sure they knew either good translation i wonder if it is because i don't even know what i'm talking about half the time sorry tulpa no you're fine yeah i don't know what i'm talking about Really, they should. We should just edit the rest of this podcast to us asking each other what. What? Yes. What? what? Who? What? Huh? Claw. Where? What? <laughs> and sometimes why? <laughs> why? And sometimes why? Okay, that was really good. Podcast over. <laughs> But I'm a big fan of puns. Um, okay. Well, I, I th- <laughs> uh, who here has actually seen like the live action? I have. I have. Oh, okay. And that's it. The end. <laughs> so, like, what's the next segment? Is it harmony that's next? It's <laughs> yeah, it's harmony. Uh, so let's move on to our final segment. Our final quote unquote segment. Uh, harmony. Uh, Our final quote-unquote segment. <laughs> Sorry, I meant... Oh, yeah. So, so for harmony, before we do the bottom line tapes, which I don't have anything prepared for, I do want to ask a very important question about this video game. Dubs versus subs. <laughs> uh, well, the dub for this game sucks, so... Wait, the subs for this suck. Wait. I, th- I thought... I thought Clint's dub was actually quite good. 
Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> it reminded me a lot of uh, the Yu-Gi-Oh dub. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I, I guess I'm for dubs because I just heard it in their movie voices in the first one. Fair enough. I guess I'll have to say the Clint dub is the superior. Yeah. Lord Gamer and Lord Dubber. I don't get it. I thought you were the number one anime fan. What what does this have to do with South Park? God damn it, Shrug. Oh, uh, I do want to note that Clint's uh, reading Bob's lines in a vaguely Hal voice actually sits close to the dub of the anime area, though the dub of Zayram has a completely different robot voice for Bob. Yeah, I think all robots should sound like Hal, even when they're, you know, not Hal. I think all robots should sound like Marvin the Paranoid Android. Oh, yeah, that's actually a good call. And I either of them are pretty good too, because uh, there was only two people who played that, right? Yeah, yeah, only two that I can think of. All robots should sound like Shrug. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So well, let's think of some bottom line reviews of of Hyper Area. Uh, Hyper Area is getting money for your last mission and having nothing to spend it on. Hyper area is the only video game Courier Rice doesn't like. Hyper area is building up to a zero level, but actually much better than that. Hyper area is a Kalashnikov in a sea of bizarre space guns. Hyper area is Nilcore. <laughs> Hyper Area is not nearly goopy enough. Hyper Area made Shrug an anime fan. Hyper Area is chip damage. Hyper Area is kicking seven aliens in the face until they explode all in about 30 seconds. Hyper Area is preferring to swing your legs over shooting a gun. Hyper Area is finally the release of Bob's game. Hyperion is probably a Greek character. That's a sci-fi novel. You're a sci-fi novel. Oh. Uh, you're, uh, you're the moon is a harsh mistress. That's oh my really God. Rude. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> whoa. How dare you suggest that I am into any of the city shit that Heinlein is into. The only reason and I... a libertarian. See, this is really funny and enlightening because the only thing I knew about it was is was it was my dad's favorite book. <laughs> I don't know oh. shit about it. Oh. Oh. Hyper area is finding out that your dad's favorite book is full of sicky shit. And libertarianism. <laughs> yeah. Hyper area is testicle destruction simulator nineteen ninety four. Hyper Area is a game where the main character is named Area, but everyone else is named Bob and Neil. <laughs> and Kujifuro. <laughs> Fujikuro. Shit.
<laughs> Hyper area is pretty much assuming that the main character is a robot, whether or not that's actually true. Is is the main character a robot? No. Okay. Hyper area is significantly less hyper than advertised. Hyper area is the most canon, non-canon uh, video game. Hyper area is the awakening of gay culture. <laughs> At least in those suspenders. Well, got some snorting in my background here. <laughs> I think it's I great. I can hear that laughter. You got a laugh track now. Hyper area is the liminal space between cinematic platformers and platformers that control responsibly and well. Hyper area is Curry Rice's laugh track. Hyper area is just what? Hyper area needs a ledge grab. Yeah, it certainly fucking does. It certainly fucking does. Hyper area is buying the jump boots only to smash your head on the ceiling over and over again for no reason. Hyper area is buying the glider mechanism and having no actual use for it. Oh, uh, actually, just to briefly return to Gun, the nice thing about the glider glider thing is that it gives you air control like complete air control so that you could just like float around and kick as much as you want in the oh, air. Oh, I hadn't thought of that. That's a good point. Yeah. Cause I didn't, I used it only in the, in the open level. Uh, and then in the tower level, I didn't think about the fact that you could actually control your jumps nicely. Hey there. Then in that case, hyper area is surprisingly, uh, full of practicality. Hyper area is doing a shin kick that hits twice. <laughs> Hyper Area is finding out that every person who plays this had a drastically different experience, and I think that's great. Yeah, Hyper Area truly is the Rorschach plot of anime video games. I think that's it. I think that's about as deep as it gets. Yeah, I think we've hit upon the, the final harmony note. Um, thanks, Talpa. <laughs> Curry, do you have a mystery topic? Because I sure as hell don't. Let me see if I can reach back into my brain and get it. Um. Ah, uh, yes. My idea was this game bad. Pick any other genre to make it. Kart racer. But this game good. So, uh, run and gun, which is what this is. Kart racer. Car racer, RTS, survival like horror. And I'm like, gonna go with car said, racer. <laughs> I survival just, horror would actually be pretty good, but also completely wrong for the anime. Probably. Um, it's like a hybrid between the anime and the movie. So there you go. Yeah, it's it's like the anime, but with the level of design of the movie. <laughs> well, Fuck, that's another good bottom line. <laughs> what if it was what if it was a kart racer slash survival horror game now you're on to some innovation yeah early lith tech shooter made by the shogo team 
Yes! Hold on, I got an idea. What if, uh, Hyper Area was a game in which you play as Bob and have to speak into a mic to tell Area what to do? And it doesn't work. <laughs> so so you're saying Hyper Area should be... Hyper Area should be, like, Wonder Project J, except, uh... Worse. Oh no! The worst you're talking about exists. It's called Lifeline for I think the Dreamcast. Oh yeah, too. It should be Lemmings, where you just have hordes of areas, and you're trying to navigate them through. Yeah. Oh no! I got a area horde. One of those uh, hentai slideshow ROM hacks. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's actually pretty appropriate, ain't it? Patchy slot. Hyper slot. It should be, should be patch, hyper area patchy slot love story. Oh, yeah. Uh, hyper area should be a dating sim. You're trying to take Zerum on a nice date. Please, Clint. <laughs> you talk about that. You no keep going. talking about your hyper slot. <laughs> you keep, uh, you keep, uh, you keep. Uh, doing bounty missions to uh, earn money for your Zerum dates. This sounds actually good and bad. The end and result when... is you get titty form. <laughs> you you get you get hat hat. You get that little head that extends, and then you're just like, oh yeah, buddy, give me the hat. I want the hat. Give it to me. Fuck, sorry. Um. <laughs> Well, there we go. That's good. I like this. I like this. So we've decided on Kart Racer, yeah? Yeah, why not? <laughs> well, there's a lot of monsters. There's a, there's a big cast to pull from. <laughs> Could make it a Kart I'm Racer. A, so, I'm a, MOBA? I'm MOBA! A, <laughs> yeah, MOBA. I don't, I don't know how MOBAs work. They're like um, Sim Ant. I've never even watched a video of a MOBA. Oh, wait. Roguelike. Oh, yeah, okay. Actually, that might work really well. Because I... I yeah. Just an endless sewer level. <laughs> and you don't get any of the art design because it's a roguelike, so you just get ASCII characters. Wait, if it's a roguelike, could you just play Zerum then? Because you die and start over repeatedly. Yes. Yeah, uh, and it's... the Wanderer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, Monster Rancher, but uh, Monster Rancher, but you're playing Zerum and you're uh, breeding monsters by eating people's faces. The end result is Shag. Shag. Yes. Uh, I think I should make a uh, my pal Foot Foot reference here, but I can't can't fit it in, so I'm just saying it out loud. Okay. Neopets, Neopets, but you're uh, raising Zerum. <laughs> no, Neopets, it's... but it's not actually a fucking Scientology scam. Yeah, that was no, weird to find Neopets, out. Neopets, but it definitely is a Scientology scam. No, I like the Monster Rancher thing because it comes with a peripheral, which is a face scanner, and you have to cut people's real faces off and slam them into the, the face scanner. That's how you get new monsters. Instead of the CDs. That was Monster Rancher, right? It was with the CDs? Yes. Okay, yeah. good. Wasn't totally clueless. All right. I think that's it for this podcast. I think we've discovered the best way to, to convert Hyper Area. We've discovered how to break Shrug in case Shrug ever becomes like a world power. We know how to like 
break break him um so uh i'm gonna call it here we're two hours in and two minutes and 37 seconds so hey everybody where can people find you if they want more of you I'm Courier Rice. You can find me on the selectbutton.net forums as Courier Rice. You can find me on Twitter not posting as Courier Rice and all the things. I also run the snexploration.tumblr.com microblog where I mostly reblog things that are uh, thematically or situationally appropriate and make funny tabs, tags, whatever. Uh, also, you can send me like all of your anon stuff there please don't send me your fan fiction unless it involves zarum don't Whatever. tell me that i'm shrug i'm shrug on the forums i'm at shrugopolis on twitter where, where i very rarely tweet uh i am a dwarf on no rangers allowed being gm'd by tulpa where I mostly focus on trying to put people in holes, if I can. Damage dealing is for suckers. That's how D&D works. Thank you. And I'm sorry. I'm Stavekoff literally everywhere except Tumblr. The end. <laughs> I am Tulpa. You can find me being a meme lord on Twitter as Memorius Tulpa. Uh, you can find me on the selectbutton.net forums. And you can find me GMing a game of Dungeons and Dragons with people like Shrug and three others who are much less likely to verbally shitpost during a game than Shrug. Less likely, but it still happens. Um, I have been Virtual Clint. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Virtual Clint, where I don't post. You can find me on Select Button as Virtual Clint, where I do post. If you like this podcast, please spread the word. We are only through word of mouth do people find us. That's it. So uh, we would love if you told your friends, anybody you think would be interested in a bunch of nerds hanging out, anybody who has a very long commute. That's a great target for your evangelization nope um <laughs> so yeah tell your uh robot's dead brother friend tell your uh genetically modified mutant father uh or just tweet about us that's fine um and yeah leave us some reviews on itunes uh, or rate us. That's great. It puts us up on the shop. I would say I'd read the reviews uh, on the podcast, but I can't find them unless you're in the U.S. And the tool that I was using is gone. So I don't fucking know if I'll be able to read it. I'm sorry. Maybe you can email it to us at snexploration at gmail.com. That's snexploration at gmail.com. You can also send us questions. And I'm making a decision right now. Uh, if you send us questions uh, for our first first episode of season two, uh, year two of Snexploration, we'll, we'll read them on the podcast and answer them. So snexploration at gmail.com. Decision made. The next podcast. Oh, I want to remind you again. I'm pushing it. Donate to our Patreon. It helps us. It helps us stay alive. The podcast is always going to be free. I'm never going to charge for it. That's insane. But uh, you can definitely donate to us. Feel good in your gut and help us keep doing this thing that we love to do and hopefully you love as well. Patreon.com slash snexploration. So 
The next podcast, which will be the first of the new season, will be up on June 10th. And now it's time for everybody's favorite part of the show, finding out what three games you'll be voting on. Uh, if you hurry to our Twitter at Snexploration, you should be able to catch the last hours of this vote. Uh, we have a good system. As Curry always says, we have a very good system. Um, the next three games up for the decision are, you're going to love this, Gaia Saver, Hero Saidai no Sakusen. Don't know what that is. Sounds familiar. Love it. <laughs> it's a it's a Japanese only RPG. I think it's turn based, like Dragon Questy. I that's I very briefly looked it up. No translation. Uh, you've got oh dear, oh dear, NHL ninety six. Wait, say that again. NHL National Hockey League ninety six. Uh, I brought this on. I brought the sun. I, if it's not obvious, I put the sports games back into the mix. Uh, the new rule is if we play a game uh, or like a part of a series, we move the rest of them to salary man. So if we play this NHL game, all the rest of the NHL games go to the salary man corner. So vote for that if you want to hear exactly one NHL game played. Uh, so and then call nine one one. Call who hurt you? Um, then the last one is uh, Hebereke no Popun. Ooh, yeah. that's one of the Euphoria spinoffs. Oh, yes. We've got to play that. Yeah, it's a puzzle Hebereke. game. Yeah, it's like a, a it's a Puyo-esque uh, matching game with versus mode, which we will definitely be playing against each other uh, using whatever the heck that tool is called. So, so those are your three. Gaia Saver, NHL, or Hebereke no Popoon. Good, good luck choosing between those three winners. Um, yeah. But until next time, it's not the Guardian Legend. It's not Metroid the Other M. It's not Resident Evil. It's not Bishojo Senshi Sailor Moon, another story. It's not Mahojin Guru Guru. It's not the it... Lion King? Why did you post this, Tulpa? Anime games on the Super Nintendo. Oh, yes, I do remember that famous anime, The Lion King. Thank you. It's not Shinkido Senshi Gundam Wing Endless Duel. It's not Dog the Bounty Hunter. <laughs> it's not Rama One Half Hard's Battle. It's not Rama One Half Soft Battle. It's not Rama One Half Over Easy Battle. It's not South Park The Tragic. This. I don't want to say that. Thank you. <laughs> But there was a South Park cart racer. Full circle. All right. Well, and as always, it's not Chuck Rock. Theme song. We're playing the theme song now. Actually, we've been playing the theme song the whole time that we were doing the It's Not. I think that's what I usually do. Yeah. Boom, 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 boom. Leave the Why Did He Post boom, This Talpa in because I think that's extremely funny. Oh, that's absolutely going in. <laughs> I edit this very lightly. <laughs> Thanks to Schnabubula for allowing the use of his incredible song, Playing Super Mario World While Taking Mushrooms. As always, thank you for listening to the podcast. Bye-bye.